0: Welcome back to Extreme Voltage. My name is D-Malconian. Melkonian. is July the 2nd, 2021. Welcome back. We're breaking down the NFL draft for the Chargers. Yes, your LA Chargers had a pretty good draft weekend uh, just a few months back. We're going to break that down. We are not going to give a grade. We are not that person giving grades that we have no idea how these players are going to do. But guess what? I love, I love what they did. Potentially... I love what the Chargers did in regards to getting some some players. I'm going to go over that. We're going to analyze these picks. We're going to see how they're going to fit into this new scheme. And we're just going to get a better idea of what we're looking at for the 2021 season. So we will hold off on the grades, right? It's so, it's interesting. We check out these you know publications, we want to read about our draft picks, which is very natural. And yeah, potentially every single pick should be an A for us, right? Yeah. Um, we're excited. We're fans. We want to see how it's going to go. There's some picks that come around you go, okay, who's this guy? I'm going to give him a C. I don't, I don't know. No, man, let's just, let's play it out. Let these guys play it out. Let them put on some pads. Let them go down and start playing games in the third or fourth quarter. Let me see who's coming in and doing what. And then in a few years, we'll get a draft grade. Uh, speaking of that, we are going to give a draft grade and it's not for the 2021 season. It's for the 2017 draft. Many experts believe you'll need a good four years of evaluations uh, in regards to how the players performed of that draft class. So we are going to do just that. We're going to take the 2017 class led by Mike Williams, and we're going to see the four years they've played out, uh, how well we did in regards to uh, the players on the team. Now, some players have left. We're going to see how those contracts worked out and and what they did leaving the team and what kind of players they are. Uh, And overall, we'll give you a grade based on on all that. And and we'll evaluate it that way, which is a much more serious and more uh, realistic version of a draft grade. So we'll do that for 2017. I think you'll come up with a little bit of surprises on that just to get a good idea. But look, let's break this down a little bit. Uh, Rashawn Slater, uh, first pick for the Chargers. Now, this was exciting because looking into this, uh, I didn't think we were going to get him. I thought, you know, obviously, uh, Panay Sewell, uh, the, the top, you know, lineman in the draft, you know, even though I say that, but there were talks that Rashawn Slater had that left tackle argument of, or the best left tackle argument in the draft as well. So it wasn't a, a complete 100%. Penny Sewell situation. So I think in that aspect, and I hope both both players play great, which I think they will. um, But I think we'll see that. Hopefully we we got someone solid and hopefully the drop off between uh, Sewell and Slater is not uh, substantial. So I'm looking forward on that. I love the fact that we got him because this was a a marriage, a beautiful marriage of a need pick, which I'm not a big fan of in the draft and uh, top talent on the board right so i think if you able to combine that if your gm and scouts are able to combine that formula and you get a player like Rashawn Slater i think you're doing really really well in the draft Now, now if he doesn't end up well and there's injuries and and all that stuff that can that can come in and, and derail a player's um career then you know it is what it is it, it's it's a negative but you have to keep uh swinging For the stars, right? You got to keep hitting that ball. And I think uh, Tom Telesco and his scouts did just that. Um, no, No picks were, or correction, no trades were needed to get up there and get Rashawn. He fell to us at number 13 out of Northwestern. So that was really a choice uh, pick as well. Uh, the fact that he fell to us in that round at number 13, because I think he was, he was looking at top 10 as a top 10 pick and inside the top 10 potentially. And I thought even Minnesota would have grabbed him before us if they traded up or uh, some other tackle needy team would come up and get him. Uh, so I was pleasantly surprised and ecstatic that we, got, we finally got a left tackle. Right, so this is going to be a nice, nice addition to this revamped offensive line, which Pro Football Focus has now established it as a top uh, offensive line um, in the NFL this season. As a matter of fact, uh, Pro Football Focus called it the Chargers offensive line as the most improved positional group in the NFL this offseason. And that's going to be a a nice benefit since uh, we were one of the worst offensive lines uh, last year, Uh, we were the lowest offensive line graded last year at 48.8 by PFF, so it's nice to see the addition, and again, we talked about this on our last podcast. If you haven't had a chance to hear it, please go back and, and check it out. Uh, but we talked about the addition of this offensive line uh, group. So it is—it's nice to see the free agency portion came in, uh, right? With with Lindsey uh, coming in, uh, Corey Lindsey from the G- Green Bay Packers, with Matt Filer um, from Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, Odea Abushi uh, and from Detroit as the guard, just added a nice threesome in on that offensive line that we haven't had. Um, along with hopefully a, a, a fresh and injury-free uh, Brian Blaga handling the right right side for us. And now you bring Rashawn in, and he's going to be anchoring hopefully that left side. And look, he's penciled or penned in. This is his job to lose, right? Who are you giving it up to? Trey Pipkins? Uh, we talked about that last time. We like Trey potentially, right? But he's not there yet. Uh, so this is the job for Slater. He's got to come in. He knows it. He knows it. This is his this is his job to lose, and it just depends how fast he's going to grow into it and how quickly he's going to be a substantial factor uh, for these Chargers. And I, I'm thinking based on his his four years at Northwestern uh, with that type of offense that they were structured in, an NFL-ready offense, I think that's going to be uh, effective. Jumping to round two. Now, this was, this was the round I kept thinking, okay, they're going to make a push. The Chargers are going to somehow make a trade-up. Because I don't think you're going to get Asante Samuel in number 47. So I go, look, we all kind of had the idea, right? Asante Samuel was going to be the guy, right? Patrick Sertan had already gone. So we said, okay, this is is the guy we need, uh, one of the top corners uh, in this draft because – Potentially, they were looking at him as a uh, as a mid to late round first rounder. I was hearing a lot of late round first picks uh, for for Sante, so I thought maybe this is one of those times that Tom and he loves to do this. He comes back, he packages a few bad draft picks, comes back and grabs. Uh, another player, uh, a lot of the uh, Kenneth Murray uh, situation last year when he came back in the first round, Tom did, and he was able to obtain uh, Murray that way. So I thought for sure this is going to be one of those situations as Asante was falling in the first round. I thought maybe they're going to come up and grab him at that point. Now the second day when the second round started, I go, okay, this is maybe the opportunity where they're going to come up because I don't think he's going to last for the 47th pick. And sure enough, um, the NFL gods, uh, football guys were were, uh, smiling upon the Chargers as Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State became your cornerback for the LA Chargers. You're going to get some guys hitting you, and, and hey, he's not, he's not big enough. He's not tall enough. He's not this. He can't cover the X outside. Air's going to get outmanned. You know, man, give me a player. I don't care if this, this guy is six foot five. I don't care if he runs a 4'2", or 4'3", or 4'4". Four, four. If he can cover, and he's a baller, uh, I'll take him. And even if his size is not that great and they keep beating up on it, that's why I think he fell. I think he's going to be an excellent pick, and we're just going to see how well he translates his game into uh, into the NFL. And I think he's going to do excellent. Just based on his, his career, I think you're going to see he's a playmaker. We've seen these offenses uh, just explode, right? And I think the, a lot of the rules are made uh, against the defense, and uh, it really is for the offense's uh, exploitation. But I think you're going to see some excellent work uh, on this side by Asante Samuel. He has, this kid knows how to play. He's a three-year starter out of Florida State. He lined up his right corner and defensive coordinator's the Adam Fuller scheme. And he, he mainly uh, played the press off coverage as well as zone uh, mixes as well. Dane Brugler from The uh, Athletic had a great breakdown um, for Asante Samuel and, and, and really explained the uh, facets of his game. And, I, and I, I'm using that as our analysis today. And again, I think he's gonna bring a lot of that uh, prowess and out of that, a lot, lot of that playmaking ability uh, to garner him starting, potentially being a starter on this on this defense. Now they've got a, a set defense here, right? They got Mike Davis, they got Chris Harris, both on the outsides right now. Uh, so I think with the addition of Asante coming in, uh, they could potentially. Uh, either play him in a slot position or be able to mix him back outside as well. So I think these are some of the things that we're looking at. We're looking for a starting position out of him this year, but I'm not stressed if he's not. I think you'll see a lot of nickel coverage opportunities, dime coverage opportunities when he comes into the game. So I think they're going to try to mix him in and sprinkle him in. You got to keep the confidence of these corners too because these guys got to establish that confidence. They got to establish that play, that aggressive play because, look, aggressive corners, you're going to get burned. Okay, it's going to happen. And that's not a sign of uh, you not knowing how to play football. It's just that it's, uh, the transition will take place. It's not that easy at times. It's one of the tougher transitions to make. Uh, but I'm really excited that they got Asante Samuel where they did without giving up any draft capital to, to obtain him. So that was nice, and I'm looking forward to see how he's going he's gonna to rock and roll in training camp soon. In the third round, the Chargers made a selection, and I thought this was really a, a pick that I was not expecting at all. Uh, Josh Palmer wide receiver out of Tennessee. Uh, Didn't know him, didn't have a lot of information about him, uh, didn't Expect a wide receiver in the third round. Uh, I I expected maybe a receiver later in the draft. I did expect in a third round, and I didn't know who he was. And I wasn't I wasn't seeing those kind of flashy numbers that you would expect for a third round pick, but I'm gonna tell you something. Reading more about him and getting some analysis around the league, uh, you're seeing potential Mike Williams-esque type of player with some really, really strong hands. Um, he's a six foot one, two ten senior um, out of Tennessee, and Tennessee had issues with quarterback play throughout the career. So his numbers are gonna not gonna bedazzle you, right? You're not gonna have those uh, numbers coming out of Alabama or or Oklahoma or something else that that's gonna just wow you. Um, in 2020, he played 10 games. He had 33 receptions for just under 500 yards with four touchdowns and led the team in receiving. So the numbers aren't going to splash you up. The year before with the 12 games correction 13 games played he had about the same kind of numbers 34 for 450 and only one touchdown. So The production really wasn't there. However, with his size and his hands and his ability and his route running, they really uh, picture him and envision him uh, being a strong, strong uh, part of the receiving core. And this might be a pick that potentially replaces Mike Williams because even though I'd love for Mike to stay, this is his last year uh, for his fifth year Uh, option. So with that fifth year option gone this year, it's going to be another contract negotiation for him next year or a a franchise tag. So I think this provides the blanket coverage where we're going to take a look and see how our third round pick Josh Palmer, um, based on his size, you know, obviously he's a little bit smaller than Mike. Um, but the gameplay, he plays bigger. Uh, again, the production wasn't there to showcase that. However, based on scouts view and what they envision him playing at the next level, I think you're going to see, uh, that as a a cornerstone now if they're able to sign Mike and they keep uh, obviously they they use Josh Palmer and he really accelerates and becomes that three-headed monster as for the receivers with Keenan that's going to be an amazing uh, type of cast to have for Justin Uh, so this is going to be interesting to watch I'm very curious to see how he's going to do I've been watching some mini camp footage of him he looked great on tape he's very fluid again we're playing in shorts and t-shirts let's put the pads on and, and see how it goes but he played really well you saw those tapes against Patrick Sertain and and how well he played these uh, top-rated corners uh, this season. The potential is there, and we're just going to see how well he plays it. He doesn't have a lot of injury concerns to worry about as well, and that always helps to have strong DNA coming into the NFL. So, And he was a uh, very strong senior bowl uh, participant in practices uh, this year as well. So I'm looking forward to see how Josh is going to do. In the third round, the Chargers made a selection, and I thought this was really interesting. Uh, this was a pick that I thought was going to go tight end. I just did not think it was this tight end, and I'm talking about uh, Georgia tight end Trey McKitty. I did not know him. Just like the Josh Palmer situation, I was not expecting this pick as as him. I thought it was going to be the Notre Dame tight end or some other, or maybe the Florida State tight end coming in. Uh, but the more I read about him, and I was able to listen to an interview on uh, Moving the Chains a couple months back. Uh, the kid 's very smart. Uh, the kid is smart he knows football he loves football he 's a strong, fast, agile kid and he is he is potentially going to be a a really strong playmaker now people are saying that they envision him as a blocking tight end uh, and, and you know inline tight end which which he can do you know he has the size to do that, and that 's great. But I think you're getting more from Trey McKinney, senior bowl participant this year, just very athletic, very agile. Uh, He is potentially a, a, a playmaker because he moves very well with the ball. He has running back skills when he runs with the ball is what the analysis is and with the scouts picking him in the fourth round that was and, you know some guys might have been surprised by it but that was one of the bigger issues that they felt that he can really really run with the ball once the ball is in his hands and he has really soft hands they just didn't use him that way in uh, in Georgia as much right after he, he had transferred over from Florida State they didn't utilize him uh, that much in the passing game so he was not that caliber of statistical value however based on what what he has and what he can do in the, on the field with his size and his speed and his agility, how fast he can transition to the NFL offense, which I think coming in from Georgia and Florida State, you're going to have that capability. I think it's going to be uh, fun to watch. Looking back at Trey McKinney's career, again, he was he did start out in 2017 at, at Florida State, uh, really only played in 2018 and 2019 with him, uh, just two touchdowns during that time period, uh, then transferred over uh, to... Uh, Georgia. He missed the first two games due to some injuries issues. Uh, but all, but in regards to that, he had six receptions, 108 yards, um, and with one touchdown uh, this year, uh, only with seven games. So you might, again, you're looking at that those kind of statistical issues. You're thinking, okay, this is not what I'm thinking is going to dominate in the NFL, right? Uh, but again, he's a move tight end. Uh, he 's a move tight end meaning he 's going to be going out he knows how to run routes uh, with his size again we 're looking at six four two forty six that's that 's a wallop he 's coming at you at twenty two years of age he 's a strong pass catcher and i think again it 's run after the catchability and how fast he can get into the scheme and i 'm looking at a, a you know 12 personnel scheme with these chargers right meaning one running back two tight ends um, so i see a lot of that happening uh, I, I see him in, in, in the in the blocking scheme i see him going out I think you will do a, a great job uh, bringing that kind of aggressive force and again red zone playmaking ability third down playmaking ability I think it's nice to put the pressure off the receivers and have that tight end that get that one-on-one matchup uh, with a strong safety or a linebacker and potentially uh, you know now you got Eckler in the backfield you've got the three uh, you got the three receivers up there uh, and you now you've got you've got McKitty as well, so I think it's going to be a, a nice athletic mix, and I'm really excited to see. That's one of the guys I'm really, really excited to see in training camp, and see how fast he's going to transition to Lombardi's uh, offensive scheme. In the fourth round, um, this is where the edge edge pass rusher came in. Uh, Chris Rumpf, uh defensive end slash uh, edge, uh, out of Duke. Now Chris has uh, this is a big talk in town because. Chris uh, coming in, this is going to be maybe a a, a really, really nice pick coming in uh, because they they expect a lot coming from the outside. I think Chris will do a really good job uh, blending in uh, with Anwasu and with Joey Bosa and getting in those kind of reps. Like he's pretty much taking Isaac Rochelle's role as the backup edge rusher, right? You'll look at that, but I think they can also sprinkle him in for that. He's got a lot of a uh, lot of twitch to him. And I think you're bringing you're bringing some explosion into him. So I don't think it's just a guy coming off the bench to relieve Bosa and Inwasu. I think you can use him as a weapon. I think he's got the speed coming out that can that can really derail, especially third round uh, correction, third down packages. Uh, you can see that that speed rushers coming in. And I think Chris Rumph. Uh, They'll sprinkle them in, but don't be surprised uh, if you see some splash plays being made this year with Chris Trump, and it's a position to grow into. I don't think he's a finished product in any way. Uh, that's something going to work with. Maybe more weight uh, potentially. Um, maybe just more playability and, and seeing a lot more uh, offensive line uh, blocking and get his get his pass rush moves uh, working. That's going to be the the big thing with all edge rushers. This is this is a, you know big transition going from college to the NFL. But I think fourth round was really a good pick for him. Um, I read about him before. I have watched him a little bit on tape. So I'm looking to see how fast he's going to start getting into that into that explosion and and really making a force for him uh, in the NFL again don't be don't be shocked that you see a lot more splash plays happening this year with him but also don't be you know, don't be uh, disappointed that he might not show up in every game right? guys like this uh, they're gonna have their ups and downs with it as well so that's another issue is is let's let's give him some time that's developmental you might not see his potential uh, for at least two years until he gets his feet wet uh, get this pass rushing ability going in the NFL because now you're seeing guys that could do you know counteract with second and third moves against these pass rushers so it does take a while to build uh, that repertoire and the skill set needed uh, to be an effective pass rusher because look, he's got the speed right. He's got the moves to come in. uh, But with these old tackles and and these guards, they can do some things for you and make it really hard on you. So it will be a transitional time for him. He's not a first round draft pick coming in for a reason. But I think with that, with the skill set he has, he can potentially make those splash plays this year, third round, third down packages, uh, speed packages, blitz packages, and we'll we'll work him along the way. Uh, And he's got two great guys to uh, to work under with Bosa and Unwasu. And again, he had a really good uh, career at at Duke. Uh, He had 34 tackles for losses uh pretty much in his 3-year uh, career. He retroed in 17. So, using 3 years of that, 34 uh, TFLs is great. 125 tackles overall, 17 and a half sacks with two forced fumbles and uh five passes defended. He was a third team all ACC back in 19 and uh, second team all ACC in 2020. So, I love the TFLs, man. I love the fact that he's uh he's playing really well on that end. He's a playmaker, and that's what you're looking at. You're looking at to see Guys that can step up and and be a playmaker in this uh, in, in, in the NFL. So I think it's nice to see. He's got a really quick first step. Uh, some of the analysis I'm looking at from the uh, uh, Dana Broglers um, um, analysis on the Beast uh, for the Athletic. Um, so in regards to that, he's got slippery body type and blockers will have a tough time finding his center. Is what he explains. So I think using that, it's one of the um, one of the highlights for him. Again, he's got that. If you watch him on tape, he's got that body style uh, that he can just fly past you. And I think that that works well. And I think that's already a, a strong skill set that he's coming in with. Uh, once he starts building that frame, and once he starts working on the additional pass rush moves, uh, that can be uh, a really strong player uh, in the NFL. Brendan Himes from Nebraska uh, was your fifth-round pick for the Chargers this year, uh, standing at a 6'5", just under 300 uh, from Austin, Texas. And he had a, a really ex- uh, distinguishable four-year uh, career in, uh, in Nebraska. He started out with nine games uh, as a true freshman at right tackle, starting all of them. And then they converted him to left tackle. And he started every single game in Nebraska, I'm looking at it right now, 40 out of 40 games. So again, I think if you're also looking at, at DNA, man. I got to tell you, football DNA, and when I bring that up, I'm talking about how well can you play with injuries and not have to be forced out of games because of nicks and bruises. And 40 out of 40, I got to tell you, when scouts are looking at that and you're, you're choosing between a couple guys and, and one guy maybe might have a little more spectacular stats or have a little more size on somebody and if they're pretty close, I'm going to go with the guy that has that that DNA that that keeps him in games. So out of his four-year career, 40 out of 40 uh, starts and, and games played. Uh, again, 31 of them at the left tackle spot, nine in the right tackle spot. Positional flexibility, as we've, we've been discussing throughout the whole time, is a necessity. And I think you can definitely see him. You know, I can see Brendan potentially moving to the right tackle spot, uh, and taking over for Brian Balaga. That, I think, is the is the uh, potential forecast uh, because we have, what, Brian for another year after this. Uh, if he's playing excellent, then great. Let's renew him with a contract. If not, there's a nice, seamless transition, hopefully, with Brendan coming in. And I think you'll see a lot of swing tackle opportunities this year for him as well, being that swing tackle guy to compete with Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton's and, and so forth. So let's see how, how that works out. But I'm, I'm happy with him. I, I'm excited to get this kid. He's just under 22 years of age, so... Good pick on that one in the fifth round. Sixth round, you got the running back Larry Roundtree, the third out of Missouri. He's a work back too. He, he he's not a small guy. 5'10", 211 pounds, uh, just under twenty. Correction, just over twenty two years of age. Um, and they go. He goes by Trey. So we have uh, we have two players with Trey as their names. I love that. Uh, again, four year uh, player uh, for the Missouri Wildcats. Seven hundred forty six carries. Over 3,700 yards, averaging five yards a pop, 40 touchdowns, uh, 47 receptions in a career, uh, just under 290 yards, 6.1 average uh, with no touchdowns on that end. But um, 47, uh, correction, 40 touchdowns uh, in his career uh, with Missouri. And again, 5'10", 211. He reminds me a lot of Justin Jackson, right? I think the same kind of uh, style is there, uh, hard runner. Again, just, you know these cats have had a lot of wear and tear on them. He's played 48 games and started 30 of them. So again, strong DNA. Uh, looks like he's going to be doing really well. And I'm, I'm looking to, to see how he's going to do. Again, a three-year starter. And he was a featured back uh, at a very heavy motion, up-tempo, pro-style offense. So I, think, I think looking at that, it might be a nice transition uh, to Lombardi's um, Chargers offense we're going to be seeing in 2021. So excited to see how he's going to turn out with that. And I, I anticipate him uh, being on this roster. Sixth round brought Nick Neiman, uh, linebacker from Iowa. Uh, Again, strong-looking player. Uh, Played a lot there. I think you're going to be seeing Nick Neiman, special team uh, player. Need that that stud out there running and and tackling. I'll see, uh, again, linebacker, uh, potentially a Drew uh, Tranquil-type player that can also cover. Uh, So looking forward to see how he's going to do in the sixth round. Lastly, we have Mark Webb. Defensive back from Georgia, and they're looking at more of a, of a nice safety. Um, again, transitional, strong safety to free safety role uh, on that end. Mark Webb has some really good size on him, six one, two oh seven, and uh, again a four year player. Uh, he switched from wide receiver to defensive back, as a matter of fact, in 2017. Uh, again, coming out of high school, he's a four-year uh, Christian, a four-star wide receiver. So transitioning from that to defensive back uh, does take a little bit of work. Uh, but I'm looking to see how he's going to do uh, in regards to transitioning to the NFL side as we talk about these guys. I think the trade is there, the 6 that's the size. I think you're seeing a lot more of a hybrid, strong-to-free safety, uh, a nice backup to Nasir and to Durwin. So I think that's what he's looking at. If he's going to make this team, uh, he's looking at, at really standing out. And again, he hasn't had a lot of work uh, as a starter, uh, per se. He's only played nine, nine games as a starter in 2019 and only three uh, in 2020. So the the production really isn't there to see what he's going to do. But again, he's got really good uh, tangibles uh, with a size 4'640", uh, which is still a decent uh, time frame again. If you're playing that zone uh, schemes and, and you're covering tight ends and so forth, so I think he's got a he's got a good shot. He's got a good shot being in camp and, and see what he can do as, as a backup. So overall, the Chargers. Uh, these are the picks. And look, it's exciting. It's exciting to see that in the first uh, first day you get Slater. And you get that left tackle that you needed so desperately without giving up capital. Uh, second round with Asante. Again, that defensive back corner situation was desperately needed, especially with Casey leaving. So this was a nice pickup to have, especially the fact that they were looking to get him. It seemed like uh, throughout this whole process, that was the guy they were looking at. And it was a potential first rounder that fell to them in the second round. Um, so those are the top ones to look at. But again, they've added some good guys with some receivers, with Palmer, with Trey McKitty, the tight end. That can really quietly Bring this team up and, and really give them a nice, whole, balanced attack. So there's some really good elements that came in with this draft, uh, not just the uh, the left tackler corner, but again, with the addition of some of these guys in the third and fourth round, I think you're going to see some 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 positive stuff. Again, uh, don't don't discount the pass rusher uh, from Duke, and don't discount the fact that you got a potential right tackle uh, waiting uh, with Jaime uh, coming in next year or the year after to take over on the right tackle spot. So good stuff along the way from Tom telescope we'll get a grade on it in about four years we'll see how it goes right but in the meantime we'll keep an eye on these guys this season and see how they're doing at training camp 2017 draft yes i know we're in 2021 i know breaking news we're here but this is how we analyze it and say okay this worked this didn't work because otherwise if you just give me a draft grade for the year you drafted we are living in fantasy island so let's talk about our 2017 draft shall we 2017 first rounder, Mike Williams, number seventh pick overall, Mike Williams. Look, I love Mike, but back then I was yelling at my TV, yelling at my TV to get McCaffrey, right? Yelling, but no one wanted to hear it. It's okay. Mike's on board, and, hey, we love Mike. I don't know about you guys. I absolutely love Mike. He is a baller. He goes out, and he makes plays on, and he doesn't care what what happens to his body, and we've seen it. How about that amazing catch he had against New Orleans uh, last year, that set him up to go to overtime. How about that catch? Yad and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, a couple of years back in Kansas City, and won that game for them at the end with that two point conversion. How amazing was that? Uh, Mike Williams, man, he's the guy you know, forget the 50 50 ball. If you throw up a, a ball to Mike up top to get it's not a 50 50, it's a 75 25 ball that he's going to catch for you because that's that's how he plays. He's he's big enough as is, but he will go up and he makes himself even bigger. He is that type of guy, 6'4", 220. I mean, talk about the strength and size on this guy. In 2020, he had 48 receptions, uh, just over 750 yards, uh, 15.8 yards per catch with five touchdowns uh, in his career. He's had uh, 56 games. Uh, he has 151 total catches for over 2,500 yards, 16 yards per catch, with 17 touchdowns. So that's his career right now. Now he's had a lot of a lot of injuries. He's handled throughout the season. Nothing that's going to take him out completely. But he's he's battled through a lot of these injuries, right? Back injuries and. And so forth, some you know, some leg injuries, and he just plays that way. He's a Superman type of player. He's always flying high, like you can. Every time I see Mike Williams, he is flying and catching balls. He's making some tough circus type catches and getting hits. So he is a tough player, and that's why they kept his uh, his fifth year option at fifteen million this year, I believe, right? That's why they paid that money to keep him. I'm hoping they can redo that contract and, and get him on at least another three years uh, past this point. But they decided to keep him for that money and and it looks like he's going to be worth it. He's making Julio Jones money. I mean, if you really want to look at it, look at what Julio Jones gets paid this year and what Mike Williams getting paid. So you expect that kind of performance. And, and Mike can bring that as a younger player with some great size. And I think he, uh, he stays healthy and he becomes a focal point on this team. Uh, you're seeing a huge amount of production coming his way. So that's exciting to see. So Mike Williams, I gave him now, I'm going to base this on a zero to 100 uh, rating for each player. And then we overall will take that and then we'll average it out per per player. So we had seven players on this draft for 2017. I'm going to give Mike an 83. And that's a little low. I think he should be more like an 85 or 86 or 87. But I'm going to give him an 83 based on the injuries he's had as well. So I'm going to go with that as a conservative estimate. And on our scale, that's still a very strong B. So we're going to go with that. And I'm going to go 83 on that end. Uh, sliding back to the second round. This is where I was so excited in 2017. I thought this was the guy we got to hold up our left tackle spot. And it never worked out, which was sad for him and for the Chargers. And it derailed us for a few years. Forrest Lamp, what a highly touted prospect coming in. And I remember we got him in the second round. It was a steal because he should have been a first rounder. Many experts were thinking, and I was in the same boat saying, wow, we got a guy in the first round and he immediately, uh, he immediately in training camp, I think it was the first or second day. I I kind of sworn it was the first day. He tore his, um, his ACL, right, and that was uh, that was it. That injury plagued uh, career always was it was an issue. His ankle and so forth. It, it became a problem. So it took a while for him to get started. He finally played last year and the year before. Again, injuries were were, were part of his his career so far. Slam signed a one year, uh, just over a million dollar contract with the Buffalo Bills. So he's going to get a second shot somewhere else to uh, be the guard tackle uh, that he can be. So uh, with that grade, I'm going to give him a 68. And I'm gonna punch him over to 70 just because uh, he got that new contract. So I'll put him at a 70 grade on that one. Um, let's move on to our third round with Dan Feeney. Dan came in as a third round pick, uh, playing the guard spot uh, again. Man, both guard spots you know, did a did a really a, a great job doing that. His effort was amazing. He was always. He wasn't the best in what he did, uh, but I think he is a strong player uh, that is a tough, tough player on the line. That's what you want. You want that guy being the hard-nosed guy. That's going to give you those run yards, and that's what Dan Feeney did for you. Of course, he went to center uh, after the injury issues we we had, but Pouncey, and he played that center spot. Did a good job. Just got rewarded with another contract uh, with the New York Jets. And the contract with the Jets is also a one-year contract, much like uh, Forrest. Uh, this one's a three-point-five million-dollar contract, so they like him and they paid some good money for him. So Dan Feeney, I gave uh, I gave a seventy-five, including that that new contract that he got. In a fourth round, Rayshon Jenkins came in, and you know, for a first year or two, uh, again, Rayshon was you know did did fine, uh, but I thought the last few years he just he went to a whole different level, and he uh, again the whole issue with. Uh, with Derwin James's injury and a lot of problems in the in the free safety issue, uh, he played free safety. He went he. This kid went from a strong safety to a free safety spot, uh, and, and the transition was smooth for him. It really was. His last two years, he did a did a great job with it, and he got rewarded. Uh, this 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 fourth round pick uh, just got a four year, thirty five million dollar deal with sixteen million in guarantees with the Jaguars. So I'm going to take his grade because I gave I gave Rayshon Jenkins an eighty, and I'm going to move him up to a to an eighty three based on that contract. That's that's. Actually, no, we're going to make that an 85. Uh, That's a really strong contract to make, and I wish we kept him. I'm going to tell you right now, I I wish we were able to keep this. That's one of the free agents that I was really upset that we lost this year. I thought Ray Sean, just a great player. Just, again, coming in as that uh, that drafted player, as a safety in the box, to transition your body and your playability style to free safety and just carry this team in the backfield. I thought, magnificent job, and I I wish we kept him. The Jaguars got a good player. 2017 sixth round, correction, 2017 fifth round. 2017 fifth round brought us Desmond King, safety out of Iowa. I like Desmond a lot. I know it, it didn't end well with a trade last year, which was a kind of a joke of a trade. I really didn't get much for him. And I don't know what the problems were uh, with the defensive uh a coordinator and the head coaching issues with him. I don't know what the... I know he was had a couple of suspension days. And again, a lot of it isn't, isn't public. I know he played in a, at an all-pro level at one time. And uh, I like Desmond's play. I know he's kind of... Um, been pushed down a little bit for his, uh, coverage skills, uh, lack of coverage issues that hurt him recently. But I thought Desmond King was a, was a great player for the Chargers for a number of years he was here. And again, Pony Turner as well. He did a really good job with that. And Desmond King, again, did a great job with the Chargers. I thought for those years he was here, uh, was traded to the Titans last year, as we mentioned. And now he just signed a one-year contract, uh, that's worth up to 6 million, uh, with a Houston, Texas. And that's, uh, that's a 3.5 million dollar deal, but that is going to be uh, upgraded to six million if he uh, has a lot of performance-based uh, enhancements on there as well. So with that one, we gave uh, Desmond King a uh, a 78. Sam Tevi was our pick in the sixth round. I like Sam. Sam uh, tried to hold up the left tackle spot last year. A lot of problems. I think he had some issues with pass coverage. I think run ability wise, much much better. Very athletic player, and I think that's what the coaches loved about him. And absolutely, uh, he's with Indianapolis now. I got a, I got a decent contract. I really wish he stayed with us as a swing tackle. I think working with him, that would have been a nice a uh, nice situation. He's, he's part of the team. He knows how this is played. I thought it would have been really nice to stay on this team. But he got a $2.5 million contract with the Colts. That's a good move for him. The Colts are looking strong in that offensive line, by the way. And they were looking at him as potential starting left tackle for them. So that's what they got at a really good price range. Uh, I gave Sam initially a 75. I'm going to bring him up to a 78 based on that contract. Lastly, Isaac Rochelle from uh, Notre Dame. Came up as our defensive tackle. Had a chance to meet him. Really nice guy. Uh, I like Isaac. And I again, another guy I wish we, we kept along. I thought he did really... A really strong job as the uh D tackle DN position. He signed a one-year uh two point five million dollar contract with the Colts. And that's a nice contract. That that's a that's a strong one. It's a 1.2 and 5 is all guaranteed, by the way. So great stuff on that. I had given Isaac a 72 originally. I'm gonna go ahead and, and move that up to a 77 based on that contract. So overall grade based on that, um what I calculated was a 78. Uh, 0.28 grade on my scale, that falls to a C plus. So looking at our ratings, um, again, C plus is what I'm giving them based on the draft picks we had, how they played for the Chargers during their four-year stint, and I'm also adding the contracts they received um, following their four-year stint with the Chargers. And interestingly enough, every single one of these guys is under contract uh, somewhere, so nobody is out of the league. That's another thing to look at after four years. Is anybody out of the league? No. After four years, how many starters do you have? Uh, you have Mike Williams as a starter. You have Dan Feeney as a starter. You have Rayshawn Jenkins now as a starter. Um, and you have Sam Tevi uh, will count as a starter. So that's again, that's four starters out of that group, uh, not just with the Chargers, obviously. But if you're looking at that again, the contractual money that's involved in it as well. Mike Williams with 15 million, uh, Rayshon Jenkins with his 35 million uh, for the for the four years. So that's some things you got to look at as well and and, and consider. So. This was a good draft class. C plus has nothing to be, again, you can even bring it up to a B minus, quite honestly, with all the contracts we're seeing. I wouldn't mind to, to even call it that. So anywhere between a C plus and a B minus is my grade. See what you guys think and see how you kind of grade it on your end. Uh, but we'll look at 2018 next year, obviously, and see how that that falls out. And that was our class with Derwin James, uh, and Wasu, and Justin Jones, and Kazir White, and those guys. So we'll take a look at that. Otherwise, Look, our next podcast is going to be up soon. I'm looking for a couple weeks before. I kind of want to do it during the training camp time as we pop up in the training camp. I want to start setting the stage for us for roster. Um... Roster building and, and seeing how we're looking on all ends. I want to get a better idea of who's doing what. Hopefully, these guys stay injury free uh, during training camp. We've had our fair share of issues throughout, and also in the future, we're going to be doing grading. We're going to start grading all the uh, the groups. So we'll do the wide receiver groups, the DB groups, uh, the running back groups, the tight ends. We'll start putting grades on those guys as well. And I want to I want to compare that uh, with the AFC West. So we'll actually compare. The rooms so that Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chiefs, and we'll compare them head-on against the Chargers and go and and find out you know which group has a better offensive line, which group has the better receivers, and so forth. I think that'll be nice when it kind of contrast because divisional play is huge. You got six games in that division uh, out of uh, what seventeen game schedule this year. So uh, those are the wins you want to have. It's going to be tough, and it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. I'm, I think this, this schedule is going to be outstanding. SoFi Stadium is outstanding. Had a chance to. Uh, visit there with the family i uh, got a couple of seats uh, up top it's a, it's a little bit of a nosebleed section, but that's okay because I'll be at SoFi hopefully enjoying the game and watching the Chargers play, and that's going to be phenomenal. If you guys get a chance to, uh, to ever come by and, and, and catch uh, catch a game there, I think it's going to be phenomenal. You'll, you'll, you'll love the stadium. I can't wait for it to, to start happening. So looking forward to it. Uh, thanks again for everybody. You, you've been great. Uh, thanks for following us through. We're getting such a great response nationwide, and again, internationally, you guys have been great. Uh, Germany, England, France, uh, Denmark, you guys, fantastic. And I, and I apologize if I'm missing anybody out there that I haven't mentioned. Uh, but fantastic uh, results we're getting. Please email me. Let me know what you guys think. It's going to be uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, we're on Instagram at extremevoltage. Podcast, you guys are great. I want to thank a few people out here. I want to thank Tyrell Mad Dog Wiggins. He is the man across the glass, taking care of our sound, uh, giving us all the stats we need. Thank you on that. I also want to thank our music provided by Kevin McLeod for Strength of the Titans and the Ice Giants. You can find Kevin at FilmMusic.io. Appreciate y'all. You guys have a great week, and I'll catch you soon. This is Extreme Voltage. My name is D Melkonian. Take care.